Welcome to Exceptional Leaders, a podcast series showcasing exceptional leaders in the business community who are doing interesting, exciting, and innovative things throughout North America. This series is powered by Forward Path Group, leaders in executive search, outsourced human resources, and assessments. Good morning, Martha. How are you this morning? I'm very well, John. How are you? Awesome. Thanks uh, for joining us again on the Exceptional Leaders podcast. Uh, we've known each other for uh, many years, actually, through uh, spouses and colleagues. Um, and you've had a really, really uh, interesting journey through your career. And really happy here uh, today for you to be here. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, what you've learned about leadership over the past few years, um, where you're going. Your company is actually sort of a very interesting non-traditional uh, company. And maybe we'll just start there around, um, you know, the teacher's life insurance. Tell us a little bit about your current role now, and then we'll get into some other uh, questions uh, after that. But give us a little blurb of where are you and what's happening there? Yeah, well, it's my pleasure to be here uh, with you, John. Um, and yeah, I, I, teacher's life, you're absolutely right. We, we refer to it as a 80-year-old startup. So uh, Teacher's Life has been in the market for more than 80 years, and they are a small, I would describe them as a small but mighty insurance company. Uh, we are an insurance company for education workers primarily. We are the largest uh, insurance company uh, for ed- education workers in Canada. So um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but we are embarking upon some pretty exciting stuff, as you mentioned. Uh, we are going to be launching a new parallel brand. It's going to be a digital first brand in the market. Uh, and it's going to have a lot of interesting stuff as part of its uh, value proposition, including a really innovative give back program. So we're super, super excited. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we're up to. And part of what, what, what we spoke about earlier was about giving back into the organization. It's, a, it's a, uh, just the setup of that company. Is, it's, it's a nonprofit, but it's not a nonprofit. Can you describe that a little bit more to me? Yeah, sure. So Teacher's Life is part of a, a category in insurance called fraternals. And the fraternal business model is one that historically and traditionally is, uh, it's about their members. Uh, The members typically would have a shared interest. They'd be amongst a shared interest group. So of course, in our case, it's education workers. Um, And we have, uh, we are a not-for-profit. So by that, what that means is that um, we have our members, our policyholders that have uh, voting rights. Uh, as well as we have a responsibility to give back to our members through, you know, whether it's um, it's tangible benefits or it could be sponsorship uh, programs um, that are meaningful for them, or it could be volunteer opportunities. So there's a real uh, component um, of give back, but also we have a very strong mission. So that's probably, those are the key things that really differentiate us versus your more traditional for-profit insurance companies out there. Yeah, interesting. You've got leadership, you know, within, then you've actually got leadership with your constituents around giving back and, you know, how do you set, uh, you know, give content back and points of view and And John, you just froze on me. Yeah. You just froze on me. So I didn't hear that question. Okay. Well, uh, you know what, maybe we'll go off video a little bit and then we'll stop here again. I'm going to stop video. Yeah, we'll start up again here. So interesting that, you know, starting here again for the agency, start here. Interesting, Martha, that, you know, you provide leadership not only with your 
um, internally, but actually with your constituents and your teachers. So you have to provide, uh, you know, content and information and giving back to different causes. So that's sort of a different way to look at leadership. It's just not within the, your own four walls, but uh, you know, you're, you're leading your, your customers in a way also. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. I, I would, um, one of the things we've observed with uh, regards to education workers is we, we are seeing more and more an importance around um, mental health and uh, also how it impacts education workers. So um, particularly given what's going on right now with COVID and, and you know, the, the stress that is placing on, on frontline workers, whether that's in the healthcare services or you know, things like education. So they are, uh, you know, they are really impacted um, and, and we, we often don't realize just how much stress that's putting on them. Um, and so we, we have taken a leadership role in terms of really trying to get underneath the nuances and the, you know, sort of some of the unique challenges that education workers do face um, that perhaps, you know, other, other workers out there or industries aren't, aren't uh, experiencing. So uh, definitely we, we are providing content uh, or curating content that is very specific to mental health for education workers. Awesome. Uh, we always need more understanding and empathy on that side, definitely. Um, and, and living with a teacher, I, uh, I know the pressure she's under on a daily basis. So uh, kudos to all the teachers out there. Um, right. So moving on a little bit now, tell me a little bit, you referenced it when we first started talking about organizational change from where you joined to now where you're going in the future. I know some of this will be confidential, but if you could give us sort of a sense of where you think the company might be going, and you know how are you leading that group into that change? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, it's it's amazing what we have all been through in the last you know almost now two years, coming up to two years with COVID, and and certainly we were like many companies, we were going down a certain path, um, and then when COVID hit, uh, it, it really forced us to take a you know press pause and take a step back and rethink about. Uh, what we were focusing on, does it still make sense? Um, and, and what does the future hold in terms of not just in the near term, but how the pandemic will change people's uh, preferences, you know, in a contactless world. So, um, and is that here to stay sort of thing? So we, we did take uh, kind of stock of where we were going and we, we, we made a real sizable shift in, in our strategy. And, and that's when we started to uh, rethink, you know, distribution um, and, and across our entire business. It's also, we, we took a step back and, and rethought about how we were delivering on our, our benefit program to our members. And so what came out of that was in an in incredibly, like, amazingly fast time, we, we uh, drafted up a whole new approach, uh, not only to our individual uh, lines of business, but our group line of business, as well as our fraternal benefits, uh, our member benefit program as well. And so some of it, uh, you know, some of it has not yet launched where uh, I did mention that we're going to be launching a digital first uh, new brand for Canadians uh, in 2022. I'm happy to share that. Um, we are going Congratulations, to Congratulations, by the way. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Awesome. Yeah, no, we are super, super excited. Um, 
And but we we wanted to make sure that this new brand, uh, you know, it, it had a lot of earnestness to it being a mission based company. So um, part of it is about uh, making sure that we're taking care of our members uh, and meet in ways that are really meaningful to them. But again, everything is digital first. So um, we've partnered with some incredible vendors uh, and uh, and value add programs that are going to be part of this value proposition. Um, so yeah, we're, you know, it's exciting. Um, the team is super, super, uh, stoked. We're working, uh, really hard to get this off the ground. Uh, but everybody's having fun. And I, you know, the weird thing though, is trying to do this remotely. So I think, you know, I've, I've done a lot of these types of programs before, but certainly this is my first where the entire team is work. We're all working from home. And so that's been an interesting challenge, but I got to say, everybody's stepping up and uh, across the board, and and it's uh, we're making it happen. So it's fun. Awesome. You know, there's a few words you said there that sort of resonated with me. One, mission based, which is yeah. you know, it's a goal for all people. It's a goalpost. People, you know, my experience on leadership is they need to know what the mission is, and then obviously it's a mission based um, in a different context for you also. But then also, you said having fun, right? So yeah. even in COVID times, people are working from home getting that 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 you know that energy within the within the company to make people want to come to work to make them excited to share to innovate such an important um, behavior of the group is just having fun um, so uh, sounds like you're on the right path there definitely if you yeah. had to pick you know the biggest challenge coming in now you as we talked a little bit Teachers life's been around for you know decades 80 years or more and now you're you know, you're adjusting path or expanding your pathway or forward. What do you think the number one challenge would be for the organization going forward if you had to pick one? Yeah, so I would say um, most definitely culture shift. Um, and so we, you know, when I started at Teachers Life, uh, lovely, lovely culture. There's nothing wrong with the culture um, and the people are wonderful. But what we're introducing is, is really a radical change, uh, a, a change in terms of the, the brand, um, what the brand represents, who the brand is going after, um, and also, uh, you know, our delivery. Um, so it's, uh, this is, this is radical change. Um, and naturally that's, you know, change of any kind is going to be uncomfortable for most of us. And so, I think that's probably that the is just making people comfortable with, um, you know, not just the vision and here's where we're our North Star and where we're headed, guys, but just making sure that you're checking in and, uh, you know, people are, are they're coming with you um, because not everybody, as we know, is is comfortable with change. Um, I love it. I, I've always loved change. It's just part of uh, my DNA. And I, you know, I love to innovate. I love to challenge. It's, but I do, I do appreciate that not everybody has that same DNA. So it's, you want to make sure that, you know, people are aware, they see, they understand the purpose. Um, they understand, you know, how, how it impacts them, how, you know, what you're asking of them to come along for the, the journey. And, um, but that you know that that purpose is really critically important, and not losing sight of that purpose, uh, and then just making sure that the people you know you're helping them along the way. Um, 
Yeah, so I th- I would say that's the biggest challenge, and it, it's also you know I've spoken with a lot of uh, folks who who've uh, led companies through transformational changes in my career, and probably the the biggest thing for you know based on their experience as well has been you can transform and you can innovate all you want, but if the culture isn't coming with you uh, and you're not working, and that's a that's a real earnest effort to to really work on the culture. It's um, you know, it's one thing to put some values up on a wall. Uh, it's another one to really live and breathe those values and, and have programs that, you know, are delivering on that culture or cultivating the right culture. So, you know, it takes a lot of work and, uh, you know, you have to, uh, but that's the biggest probably key success factor for any organization to be successful in, in their innovation plans. Yeah, you're, you're right. Taking the change management folder off the off the cupboard and actually implementing it is much harder than than actually writing it um so and you've always looked to different places we had talked a little bit about some of some of the outside sources that you've been going to to help you you know continue to learn um can you tell mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about um the companies you've reached out to learn a little bit on here absolutely so um when uh, our CEO, uh, you know, when we were, when we were uh, identifying, okay, you know, we really have to think about the culture. Um, I, I was reaching out to uh, the CEO at 360 Insights, and he's been through uh, a number of different startups, successful startups, and I wanted to pick his brain. So I introduced him to our CEO and, and we, the three of us got chatting around, you know, what, what his experiences were. And so what he, he in fact did was he went down to Zappos and met with the uh, leadership team down there and tried to, cause Zappos of course is one of the most successful cultures or known to be one of the most successful cultures globally. And, uh, and so he basically, uh, you know, went down there to learn how did they do it? How, how were they so successful? And, uh, and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with kind of taking some of their ideas and implementing them. Absolutely. Um, So that's what they did. And so he had guided us through the steps of, uh, you know, this is this is where you start. You start with identifying the values, the the employee values. You co-create them with your your staff, um, and and it's not just motherhood statements around those values. You got to make them really pop, really resonate, have some fun with it, things that are memorable for people. So you know, they're not just words on a wall type of thing. And then he um, he also introduced us to their chief culture officer and. And he then pointed me in the direction of a, um, a organization called World Blue. And World Blue uh, has a whole program. Um, you can do it as an individual or you can do it as an organization. And it's coursework and it's peer-to-peer mentoring. It's 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 amazing. And it's uh, a global company that helps leaders. Um, and it, it could be any level of the organization, but they help you really uh, define and work through the framework that is what they consider most effective. So Zappos, as an example, had, had gone through this framework. Uh, 360 had gone through uh, this, this framework. And I've found it to be incredibly uh, helpful and effective. So I'm but about six months, I'd say, now in the coursework. And it's, it's really incredibly transformational. Um, so that's, that's sort of the, and we are going to be considering hiring a, a chief culture person as well. So that would yeah, be that something. sort of leads in to my sort of next line of questioning. Just 
obviously you've got a, a great team there, as you said earlier, and, 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 you know, they're happy, they're having fun. They're, they're looking forward. Um, you see your teams expanding or changing anyways, or just generally talent from some training. How, how are you looking at your teams? I mean, you did mention you're bringing in some outside uh, talent from, from a digital perspective from agencies and, and technical people, but how are you looking at your teams internally and trying to sort of uh, either grow and, internally or, or add externally? Yeah, so we have we have our, our plan in place. We have a three-year plan in place around um, growth, which uh, top line growth, and then you know the, the roles that we need to support that uh, year over year. So we do have a plan. Uh, we do have some net new roles um, that we have to hire for uh, each of those years. Um, and, um, you know, so I've just recently brought on three people um, that uh, two of which I, I worked with at a previous organization. And then the other one was through an agency um, and he's a sales leader. Uh, he, he formerly came from Manulife. So we want people who, uh, you know, they come with um, really it's, it's about obviously the, the right hard skills. Um, so they have some experience. Um, with some of the either larger organizations or startups, uh, but also it's about attitude. You know, these are the folks that have the right attitude that we're looking for to be part of that new culture going forward. I mean, that's probably our, our most important criteria right now. I think if you were to ask our CEO, he would probably agree. He would say, yeah, it's, this, is, this is the culture going forward and, and this is the attitude that we're looking for in our, in our new hires. Awesome. Yeah. There's the old expression, you know, find the right people and then find the right seat on the bus. Right. So yeah. once you get the right type of people, you can, you can make them fungible and move them around. And um, obviously with some, some of the base hard skills, but you know, getting those right people are so important to bring into the organization. Um, it's critical. Um, just stepping back a little bit now that we talked about, you know, your various roles uh, as an intro, and then you talked about teachers life insurance, the journey you're going now, through now. You've got so much experience, uh, Martha. If you had to go back now, uh, say you go back to when you're 18, what what were your behaviors when you're 18 or early 20s? Uh, what what advice would you give yourself now that you've you've had a, a, a few more years uh, of learning? What, what would be that advice to yourself? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's interesting because I I talked a little bit about um, this this coursework that I'm in the framework of world blue. And so world blue is uh, it's shifting your mindset from what they refer to as a fear-based mindset to a freedom-based mindset. And all that means is, and, and this ties into what I would actually tell myself uh, back then is I wish I had learned some of these things back then because it's it, like I said, it's been incredibly impactful, but, but the, the whole notion of, of what they're saying is that most people, um, you know, we're all human and most of us, whether we are aware of it or not, we, we do um, spend an awful lot of our, our time daily uh, immersed in a fear-based mindset. And, and we don't even realize it. We're not even consciously aware of it. And so, and then what happens, um, whether it's in our personal lives or our professional lives, is it can manifest in some, you know, some negative things. And it, it really narrows our thinking. Um, so we have tunnel vision and it, it can impact how we make decisions at work, um, you know, because we're, we're, we're too busy thinking about limitations and, and things that can go wrong 
versus a freedom mindset is all about, uh, you know, thinking about the possibilities, limitless possibilities. And what that does is it really allows you to think much more broadly um, and to really open up and stand in your personal strengths. And so, you know, all of this intuitively makes great sense, but um, they also have uh, they also have this whole kind of uh, process you can go through to sort of deconstruct and get underneath those those fears. And I wish I had learned that way back, uh, you know, because we all I like to sort of think of myself as, uh, you know, I've always been a, an innovator. I've always been somebody who loves change. I've always been. Um, you know, trying to kind of trailblaze companies through some change. Uh, but, you know, you none of us really appreciate just how much we we do still hold ourselves back in, in, in our fears. And so I wish I had learned that way back then because it's been incredibly effective and transformational. Um, so that, that would be probably uh, the one thing. You know, that comment reminds me of uh, one of my mentors. He, he, you know, speaking to him about where my career was going and and I was telling about more fear-based um, options. And, and he just said something really quickly to me that sort of shocked me. He goes, well, when you drive and you look at the ditch, you run into the ditch. So he said, yeah. you know, look where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. And yeah. uh, which is that, you know, it's, it's that optimism and looking forward and removing the fear. So um, that always stuck with me. It's, it's graphic, but I think that's why it, it stuck with me. Mm -hmm. um, the final question for you. We always ask this at the end of our, uh, our podcast. If you talk to one leader or person, past or present, um, who would it be? Uh, what would you talk to them about? And then uh, what drink would you have with them, um, mm -hmm. alcoholic or non? Um, and uh, who, would that, who would that leader be? <laughs> uh, well, I would, I would say probably Gloria Steinem. Uh, oh. And I say that, yeah, I say that because uh, obviously she's been a, a trailblazer for women, uh, women's rights. But um, I, she was also, I mean, what always fascinates me is people that have um, not only been at the, you know, at the fore of, of dramatic change uh, for social good, but um, at the early stages. So I would, you know, of course, feminism has been around for a very long time. Uh, but certainly it really started to become much more in the mainstream um, consciousness in the 60s and 70s. And so she was obviously a trailblazer at that time, still is. But that was early stages. And I'm fascinated by people who have tried to um, combat social uh, change at the early stages of whatever the ism is. And so I would love to sit down with her, pick her brain. Uh, some of her learnings, um, you know, I've, I don't understand hate. I don't understand blind and misguided hate towards any human uh, or group. And, and so I'm fascinated. I'd be fascinated to pick her brain around how do you, how do you break that down? And what was the most effective approach that she found uh, as part of her efforts? Uh, the drink, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, anything with an umbrella would probably be fun uh, just to kind of break up things. But, uh, you know, whether it's alcoholic or not is, is you know, it's more just, um, let's let's have some fun and, and uh, yeah, and have a good laugh. Well, she, you know, my memory of hers, she must be in her 80s now. She has, uh, and she went through the 60s and 70s, you just said, a feminist and what we would call it, quote unquote, feminist back then, but it's really just, I don't even think she'd be called a feminist now. It's just 
it's just real people trying to do real things yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, right? So yeah. it's funny how she would breaking down barriers early. She was, you know, villainized, and 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 now yeah. it, it seems so ridiculous. Um, I, I agree. So yeah, really uh, interesting. Um, thanks so much for your time today, Martha. Um, all the best at uh, you know transforming uh, the teachers' life insurance program. I look forward to 2022 and see the new uh, new look digitally. And and I just again thank you so much. Your insights have been really really good today. And and thanks so much. Oh, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. This edition of Exceptional Leaders has been powered by Forward Path Group, leaders in executive search, outsourced human resources, and assessments.